Welcome to the Only Dream Big podcast, starring your host, Donnie Bedney. Only Dream Big is a podcast where Donnie will share tips and experiences on different topics, such as acquisition entrepreneurship, human capital, and the future of the workforce. He is the president of PSP Metrics and has been in the assessment and human capital management industry for more than 15 years, with the goal of driving change through people. As your guide on Dreaming Big, Dream Big, let's podcast. hear from the man himself. Uh, I have today a special, special guest. Do I get the full government or... or, or uh... Just professional, just go professional. And I got a special, special, so Doctor, this one will take, Doctor, I'll take anything. Khalifa Oliver. <laughs> so, so excited um, to have you on. Uh, we've had some amazing conversations off camera. Um, you know, obviously, uh, also share uh, a number of things, including some uh, beautiful and fun children. We've, uh, <laughs> my daughter, Sophia, was actually just in the room, uh, you know, wanting to be on the pod today. And uh, I promise to all the listeners that we will have her on for an episode. Uh, today is not that day. <laughs> to, uh, to quote Khalifa, we will not tempt fate. Uh, you know, during this time, but uh, just so excited to uh, have you on the pod uh, this week. Uh, would love to start off just kind of with a little bit of, uh, about your background. Um, know that you are, uh, you know, somewhat of a unicorn in the space that you work in, uh, but that you also have uh, just kind of an interesting journey uh, and, and, you know, have had some amazing roles, frankly, with uh, some really large organizations. Um, I won't shout them out this morning, uh, unless you want to, <laughs> um, but some Fortune 100s uh, and otherwise, and they're just leading, uh, you know, people analytics and, and strategy and all those kind of things for global organizations. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you on. I am happy to be here. So, so let me let me talk a little bit about my background. But the first thing I always try to get out of the way is that I have an accent that people hear that I don't hear. <laughs> so I am originally from Trinidad and Tobago uh, in the Caribbean. I came to the U.S. in I'm gonna date myself 2003, although I kind of already dated myself. Um, in 2003, uh, I went to a small HBCU in South Carolina, Benedict College, and then I got my master's and my PhD in IO psychology at Clemson University. And then I have certification in people analytics from MIT. Um, and so I've worked in, to your point, <laughs> several large companies, and I've also done consulting for several companies in the space of employee experience, um, people analytics, and of late, no surprise, diversity, equity, and inclusion, um, and really looking at assessments and taking um, empirical and research methods to make decisions, which is not typically what we think of when we think of HR, but yeah. it is my mission to make data more accessible and democratize it and less intimidating in the HR and people space. Sure. Yeah, so shout out to uh, HBCUs for yeah. just producing some amazing, amazing individuals. Uh, I also attended uh, an HBCU. Shout out to Oakwood University. Uh, it was Oakwood College when I attended, but uh, shout out to OU. Uh, and you said Benedict? College? Benedict College, yeah. Love it, love it, love it. HBCU is coming through. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, obviously a, a, an amazing background, um, you know, and, and in what you do from a people analytics perspective, I mean, talk to us a little bit about, you know, your, your unique perspective that you're able to bring to, uh, these organizations, as you mentioned, you know, we're, we're kind of in a unique time, at least in the United States where, you know, we have this black swan event, um, really, you know, catalyzed by global pandemic, but then a, a lot of social unrest. Um, it seems like your role, you know, could be extremely, extremely important at this time, just, you know, in, in how data actually drives uh, decision making. People talk about wanting to be inclusive. Right. What are you seeing? Like, what's the data telling us? Like, are things right. actually getting better? I know that there's been a lot of commitments and all of that. But what are you seeing from like a data perspective and also just personally slash professionally? So that's a lot. <laughs> So one, the reality is there's not a lot of people who look like me in my space. And it does give me the unique perspective of how to look at data in ways that people typically wouldn't look at data. And it took a while for me to get here, but I've become very comfortable being that person in the room who says, well, <laughs> should we ask that question? So I've become that person um, because that person is needed. I, you know, that seat at the table. I know we say all the time, um, or we're told all the time, if you don't have to, a seat at the table, build a table. That's true. But a lot of times the furniture, the, the, um, the tools and the equipment and the, the materials to build the table are still owned by the people who are sitting at that table. So you need to also find a way to also sit at that table, right? That's yeah. just the reality of where we are. Um, are things changing? I'm hopeful, right? The events of the past year and a half should have, in theory, taught a lot of lessons to both uh, employees and employers. And I think there's still a pull and tug of we want to go back to uh, our normal. But I think what the last year and a half has showed a lot of people is normal is very different for, for different people. And sure don't need to go back to normal. We don't need to throw the baby out with the bathwater, but we definitely need to make changes um, where we're not pretending that people are just commodities that are not necessarily, you know, important to organizations, because the truth is that they are, right? Last yeah. year showed yeah. that, right? People are not just accounting commodities, right? Yeah. Um, so what did they- just, just thinking, practically right like what, what are some of those lessons that you know individuals you know should have learned quote unquote and sure. and what are the what are some of those lessons that organizations should have learned because I, I know um we had a conversation i want to say it was last week or so um but we had a conversation just in regards to the speed of change right, right? and that's something i've talked about a lot is right. like and hence the whole black swan event right and so remote working uh, yeah. which I like to refer to as a decentralized culture right? Uh, <laughs> is something that, you know, people would sworn was coming for forever. And until, you know, global pandemic, people like cannot leave their homes. Right. Right. Then all of a sudden organizations stood up literally overnight, thousands, if not millions of people working from home. And so we know that it can happen. And those people have been home some of some studies say that people have been, you know, arguably just as productive, if not more productive, 
So what should organizations have learned during this time? Uh, and, and what are some of those things that you think, you know, individuals should have learned as well? So the first thing, let me start with what individuals should have learned or what they did learn. The first thing they learned is they did not have to sit in traffic for two hours just to go to the office. Thank They've you. learned that, right? Okay. Yep. I think right now there are a lot of there are a lot of organizations and articles and people who have a vested interest, namely mm-hmm. people who own real estate and development companies who are trying to gaslight people into believing that they're misty commute. Mm. People don't miss that commute, right? That is just the truth. No, there's nobody who missed the commute. They might miss some of the parts of it, like the, mm-hmm. the ability to be out of the house and stop for coffee, but nobody wants to be in traffic for hours. Nobody sure. wants one accident to set their whole day back, right? Nobody yeah. enjoyed being clocked in and clocked out by mm-hmm. the office. So, mm-hmm. so I think people realize that they can get stuff done. I think another lesson that came out of it is people are realizing the value of putting that stop between work and Mm. outside of work, right? Mm -hmm. When you were at the office, when you had that office routine, it was clear, right? It was a lot Mm -hmm. more clearer. But now that you're having that in the office, you start to understand it a lot. Mm. Because you you, you work more, right? And and you don't think about it more. And we start to realize how much we don't think about how much we work, right? But now you're like, I'm at home and I have to consciously decide to to cut work and be present at home. And I think it is good for people to finally understand it because I also think what people are finding is what maybe their family and their friends were seeing and unable to talk about, unable, unable to really be able to explain. Like you're not present right yeah um yeah. and so they feel it now uh so i think individuals have started learning their power as well right okay for we've been fed for a long time that our organizations don't necessarily need us that our organization we're replaceable we're expensive we're a cost mm-hmm. but the minute <laughs> the minute things went crazy organizations quickly realize i guess mm-hmm. we do need people we cannot automate everything we have to give people resources to do the yeah. things and and turns out people will be productive even if you're not staring at them mm-hmm. and so i think that's the lesson that individuals learn their power now that of course leads me to what organizations should have learned organizations need to learn that control is not the same as um giving people that room to be productive control does not equal productivity control doesn't equal performance you seeing me in the office doesn't mean i'm working (laughs) it doesn't mean i'm working right and the pretense that we have to be in one space to be productive innovative Mm -hmm. they should have learned that that is absolutely not true because when they look at their when they had to sit down and look at their locations and their location strategy and all that good stuff, mm-hmm. they should have realized that half of their people are already working remotely if they are a large multinational or a oh, large sure. decentralized company. There are people who are driving to work, to the office, to spend the entire day on the phone and in video calls anyway, because you're located all over the place. So they Mm -hmm. should have looked at that in their location strategy. The other thing that they should have learned, and this is, I think, one of the harder lessons, is that because they had to change their processes and their policies, Mm -hmm. they became more inclusive. 
and they didn't realize that. So mm. a lot of those accommodations that they didn't think that they could do, it turns out they can do it. So now Got you're it. opening door for people with disabilities. Now you flattened your your um job market and your landscape mm. with skills. So now mm-hmm. somebody who's working remotely, who typically you wouldn't look at, somebody who's in a rural area, somebody who's not not normally accessible to your company, suddenly. Yeah. You can get skills from anywhere. You can discover all of these people, all of the places that typically you could not have accepted because you were so determined for them to be in one area. And then the other thing that I'm hoping, August learned, and this one is one that I find the data showing me a lot of organizations haven't yet learned, is that culture does not mean one place. That's not uh, that's not what builds a culture. Your culture okay. comes from your people, and your culture comes from the bottom up. Okay. So if you create a culture, you give them technology, you reinforce, you communicate, you lead, mm. right? You mm. will get that culture. Don't pretend that we don't have whole cultures of gamers and stuff who've never met each other not one time. <laughs> And it's a very, very clear culture. And yeah. this is the harder, I think that one is harder for them to to grasp because sure. we've been told that culture means that you all have to be in one space all yeah. the time. Um, yeah. But Well, you we've know. seen the same thing in things like church, right? I mean, right. you know, the amount of people who, you know, swear that like church is a building, um, you know, now have yeah, a, a lot of folks have been forced virtually, right? Right, so, right, right. Yeah, and I'm like, then they tell you Jesus is wherever y'all are. What, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> what is this? Stop! There we go. It's this need for control. It's a, it's mm-hmm. a, it's a need for control that we've built. And there's a peacocking that I think people miss. They miss the ability to peacock and show up. And mm. there's something about being virtual that. It's a great equalizer in a sense because if it doesn't matter what level you are and you are and you are my box is the same size as your box is the same size as your box and if I don't mm. want you to mind my business I can blow my background <laughs> I can change yep. my background and it equalizes it because it doesn't give people the power to kind of dominate a room mm. which mm-hmm. I think is a fantastic thing that has happened over the past year and a half. Wow. You said a you said a few things. Um, that one that I want to go back to um, on the individual side. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about people uh, realizing that uh, it's important to kind of have a separation between work and you know your home life. And I've said this for a while, but I I, I think the great poet uh, Michael Jackson. <laughs> said That's it best, love as, he, as he was talking about you know I, I'm looking at the man in the mirror. Uh, and, and I'll tie it in this way. It, there, I think that there's been a myth, which we are debunking today. So thank you so much for stating that, that um, people have the ability to compartmentalize. And, and, and you know, it, I think it's very short-sighted to believe that as somebody's going through a two-hour commute, that they get into the office and they're just 100% right. productive or if, they have a squabble with their spouse or somebody is just like almost swerved into them and they've had to swerve and almost, you know, right. have a near accident right. or, you know, have a sick family member or, you know, child that, you know, is, is dealing with some stuff that they can, you know, just turn all of those things off and be all into work. Right. right? 
Um, and, and because they've been at home, they've been forced to face that fact that, that they are the same person no matter where they are. No matter right? where you are. <laughs> exactly. And, that we're, and it's not linear. I think mm-hmm. that's the biggest thing. The the idea that, because I believe in work-life balance, but I think people think that there's this clear demarcation, and it's very mm-hmm. different for from people. Mm-hmm. But it just means that you you find in this balance that is right for you. And if mm-hmm. your balance means you need to sleep, then you sleep. If that is yeah. what if that's what your life is. Mm-hmm. And so they've learned that work is not linear. So sitting yeah. in an office for eight hours doesn't make me productive. If I know I have a sick child, my mind is constantly on that same tile. But here's the difference. When mm-hmm. you give me flexibility, whether it's hybrid, working from home, not mm-hmm. constantly on my back, tell me I could go take care of things while I do work as long as I'm productive and I'm doing yep. work and it's not impairing my ability to perform, yep. right? Imagine my ability to go in and check on my child really quickly and then realize, mm-hmm. oh, she's fine, she's sleeping, and move on. Oh, you know what I goodness. mean? Yeah. Ima- so, so that part is done. And that yep. You close it, you move on. Work is just mm-hmm. not, it's just not linear, right? Yep. And then more you work from home and you're less, I guess, you less regulated. You also recognize that even when you're at the office, you need brain breaks. You need mm-hmm. brain breaks, mm-hmm. right? You you need to, to go do some work, stop. Mm-hmm. It's okay. This idea that you have to focus, 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 focus. The more you do that, the more you realize you make mistakes. But the ability to take a break and do something that you want to do. So even if it's a break and go to your fridge, a break and go walk up the corner. That's not typically work culture or office culture. But that's culture now, right? Mm -hmm. If I felt to do some yoga in my office right now, everybody don't have to watch me like I'm crazy. (laughs) If I take take two minutes to do it. And so I think, I think human the human aspect of work has finally come to the forefront Mm. we are humans we are people i think the biggest thing that the biggest hope i have is that finally people are being seen as humans as people not just these uh costs on a balance sheet So is that, um, I just thought about this and I think my brother had told me it, but is what you're referencing, is it like the, it's like the Pomodoro, you know, type or, or Pomodoro kind of, it, it was some, I don't know, tomato, anyway, some, it's, it's some concept that I, I'd love to try and look up real quick, um, where there, there's, uh, like a technique and it talks about, oh yeah, here it goes. Um, so the Pomodoro technique is a time management system that encourages people to work with the time they have rather than against it. And so you break your work day into 25 minute chunks separated by five minute breaks. See? And then basically after four Pomodoros, you take a longer break of about 15 to 20 minutes. I, you see, and that, that I didn't know how to name. So here, always learning something new. Say this when I talk to you. That's what we but for. it's also that model of school, right? That is oh, why sure. it's modeled that way. People can't. I don't know why they suddenly think our attention span is much longer as an adult. It is not. <laughs> it is not. Like even now in college courses that are like 45 minutes, there there is some, some research showing that it's still too long because you've lost it. After a while, you've reached that 
that curve where you are going to no longer retain information. I myself, I work with data a lot. I myself realized it took me a while to get there, but I realized I I can get lost in work. So as soon as I start, I can get, if I'm writing or if I'm analyzing data, I can get lost in it. But I do realize I hit a wall. And if I don't stop, that's when the numbers start to swirl, right? And if I don't stop, then I stop seeing errors. Mm. Then I see the issues, all the the lines and trends that jump out at mm-hmm. me. I start not seeing them as well anymore. And then I yeah. had to realize the best thing I could do is stop, just just walk away from mm-hmm. it, and then go back. And we typically don't design work to be like that because yeah. we just have that old industrial mm-hmm. view of work. Just work, 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 work for a few hours and that's it. But we're not yeah. producing in general. Now, this is not for everybody, mm-hmm. but in general, we're not in that moment where we're just producing things on an assembly line. And even yeah. people who do things on an assembly line, they need a break. Yeah. Because it's physical, no they need a break. So we gotta, we gotta get away from that this model and and covid showed up with glitter on and said i'm gonna stop y'all though so it's the big difference between uh, a focus on being effective versus efficiency which the 40-hour work week was all based on efficiency as opposed to effectiveness so i I completely completely get that um uh so many so many places to go this has been rich though um, I hope that you know uh, those people who are working uh, for organizations, you can take some of these tidbits. Uh, obviously, uh, you can hit Khalifa uh, or myself up anytime on LinkedIn. We're we're always yeah. on there um, for sure. If you want to, <laughs> you don't have to you don't have to call me out like that. Though. <laughs> I've already passed some people uh, to you who I'm sure have shot you <laughs> notes uh, for different conferences and stuff like that. Um, but but talking about you know it, can you go back in because I, I know for now you know we have a lot of individuals working professionals etc um, and you talked about work life balance uh, I'm big on words so I actually don't use work life balance I, I believe it's more about priorities right mm-hmm. and and there are going to be seasons where um, it, you know you, you're not necessarily going to be balanced you're just going to have to prioritize kind of the things that are most important to you right that, so that's the thing that's your balance at that mm-hmm. time right we 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 i think the reason why balance kind of seems sometimes like a misnomer is that we're expecting that it's a 50 50 it's going to balance out mm-hmm. but balance means different things for different people mm-hmm. for for other people the weight of the work is heavier for some people the personal stuff is heavier the balance is in how you um how you the, the different permutations of it which changes right my balance when i had one child versus having three kids is, is different oh, and i man. think that's those are the things that that we need to to recognize i guess to your point when we when we say it we say we want people to have balance but what does that mean and then there's a lot of a lot a lot of times what i find is that when we talk about balance right Mm -hmm. a lot of people say well i don't got no kids because we're designing these policies for people necessarily with kids but i think balance is if you need to go home and sleep that's your balance if that's what you like to do if you need to go home and play your video games because that is what refreshes you resets Mm -hmm. your brain 
mentally heals you if you need to go see your therapist if that is your balance if seeing mm -hmm. your family is your balance go to the gym hang out with your you friends do, that yeah. is your mm -hmm. balance whatever it is and i think when we design policies for work-life balance we need to accept everybody we mm -hmm. need to accept the fact that we don't get to define balance so one of the things that i sure. say all the time is when somebody puts in for pto it is none of your business what they do if they oh, decide that yeah. they want to stay home and sleep for the whole day that's not your business in, in yep. that they're right and there are too many managers that ask oh yeah I you don't know? ask I just signed a form right there are too many people that ask yep. what are you going to do it's not your business and when they come back let them share what they did because sometimes they don't want to tell you and mm -hmm. they shouldn't have to tell you what sure. they did because it was their moment to refresh as mm -hmm. long as they're not doing anything in the name of your company yep. in the name of your organization Mind your business. <laughs> Just mind your business. <laughs> Let people can people live. Let yeah. people live. Let people you know? live for sure, man. Well, well, you know, another tip, just you know, you know for you all, and and uh, you know, Ty and I, we have our our daughter. She's our our first child. So we only have one. Um, but even even with days. that, one of the big things I think is, um, I think being present. Right. And so I found that, you know, the quality of time that I can spend with Sophia and Ty is even more important than the quantity. Right. Yeah. Um, so I travel, you know, back and forth for those of you who who are getting back into traveling um, or find yourself at, at the office. You know, the, the big thing for me is can I be present, you know, even even in meetings. Right. Um, that's been one of the big, big things for me is just focusing on. Okay, if work is a priority, if family is a priority, then just make sure that you're present wherever you are. And so, you know, to our listeners, like focus a little bit more on like these kind of techniques, like taking breaks and stuff like that. I think one of the biggest benefits is that it allows you to be present in whatever you're doing. So while you're working, be present there. Don't attempt to multitask right. Um, right. you know and do all these things because once again if we're, if we're if our focus is being effective versus being efficient and trying to do all these different things at the same time um to your point you know redu uh, reduction in errors and you know having to go back and look over it again because you got typos right. and you right. know, all that right. it's just Right. It's my mom always called us. My mom always said, "Jack of all trades, master of none." Just be mm. careful. She always say, "Just be careful. You're not being mm -hmm. a jack of all trades and a master of none." And so that's what I kind <laughs> of, of keep. Right? You throw you throw too many balls up in the air. You cannot catch them all. You just yeah. can't. You know, I heard it somewhere. I can't remember. Sometimes you just need to figure out which balls you need to catch. It's okay mm. for some of them to drop. Mm. Right? Don't drop your baby. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Cannot <laughs> drop the baby, the wife, but, the family. You cannot you drop gotta, those. You gotta figure it out. Every, every, if everything is a fire, then nothing's mm. a fire. Everything's just gonna burn. You, mm. you, 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 you know what I mean? And so I think those are the things that I think as managers, as leaders, and as ourselves, we need to figure out. And you need to be kind to yourself. Mm -hmm. There are things that you're not going to be perfect at. There are mm -hmm. things that sometimes you have to prioritize and something has to go because that's just the way it is. That is life. Time yep. is linear. Work is not, but time is linear. We only have so much of it to do mm -hmm. so much. And hopefully one of the lessons we've learned over the past year is how quickly it could change. You could mm -hmm. have been doing everything right and it still changes and you got to yeah. just go with 
sometimes and it's okay go with these kids sometimes but you yeah. have to be be kind to yourself you yeah. have to remember and i always said as you know one of the one of the lessons i learned when you're driving um and there's a patch of ice on the road or mm-hmm. your car's going to skid because of water they yeah. always tell you to fight the skid go with the skid it is safer to go with the skid wow. and i try to apply that to life too mm-hmm. ever so often you cannot fight it it is more dangerous to fight it so you go with it go with the skid go with the skid Oof. All right. Dr. Khalifa Oliver, um, we covered uh, a decent amount of things, both uh, for people who are working in organizations, but a lot more about individuals, uh, which I'm extremely, extremely happy about uh, today. And even seeing some interesting themes from kind of like our first two episodes uh, to, to end with uh, giving the advice for folks to be kind to themselves and just go with the skid. Um, I think that 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 could become one of the hashtags uh, for this episode that uh, people if you like today's podcast tune in to our social media to get updates on our next episode follow us on Instagram Facebook uh, at only dream big Inc uh, and hit the subscribe button below that's all for today folks see you next time